Is Andor the Star Wars show we've been waiting for? We answer that question and more this week on Only Stupid Answers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. This is a show where we talk about movies and TV shows and comic books and Andors. Uh, I'm your host, DJ Wildridge. With me, as always, is Roxy Stryer. Hey, Roxy. Yeah, his first name's Cassian, just so you know. <laughs> okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. But I'm today we have a very that. special guest to talk about Andor. Say hi to the kids at home. Yo, what's good? What's up, guys? So, so t- tell them who you are, where they can find you, what you're up to. Yeah, so my name is Andres, better known as Ace. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Squad Leader Ace and my YouTube channel at First Cut. Hell to the yeah. Thank you all for joining us because uh, I know you're a, a big Star Wars man. I feel like the last time we had you on was Mandalorian Season 2, yes. which was either could have been last month or five years ago. I'm unsure at this point. I think it's five years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because time I feel is like strange. It's last month. Yeah, yeah, time is a construct. I was really excited when DJ told me you were going to be on the show today because I was like, yup, I need that. That's perfect. Because uh, I think that Ace, you and I really balance each other out. Um, mm-hmm. You are really with it and intelligent and really great at understanding Star Wars. And I try really hard um and and ask a lot of questions so and dj's in the middle so that's it's it's perfect i'm one one of those people that i do not consider myself a star wars fan and but i know things i know i've read books and i know things i know more than i I, consider myself a massive fan but i don't know anything (laughs) Uh, so basically what we're saying is we're the perfect combination here Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. And so uh, we're going to be talking about Andor, but before we do any of that, a little bit of business up top. Of course, you can listen to this show early and live over patreon.com slash only stupid answers. You can also give us a five-star review on iTunes, please, and thank you. We appreciate it. And then um, on Spotify, every week we ask you all a question. Last week we asked, what villains would you like to see added to the Thunderbolts? roster uh stefan julian says easy answer is abomination but vulture is one i'd love to see steal the show uh christopher chow says whiplash from iron man 2 uh feel like there's already such an eastern european vibe to the whole team especially if zemo makes an appearance plus he's got similar power levels to the rest of the gang and xavier thomas says i just i gotta uh have zemo back maybe throw in vulture could we get a sylvester salone's character uh, from Guardians 2, if anybody at home remembers who that was, uh, we can o- only hope for something cool. Mordo would bring a magic side to things. And then he throws it to you, Roxy. Do you have a villain oh. you'd like to see in the Thunderbolts lineup? Well, I think that getting Vulture would have been wild. Yes. I mean, that's uh, good for you guys thinking that we can shoot for the stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> We're going to blow one of our, our, Sony, our Sony characters uh, for Thunderbolts. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up, like that would be a crazy announcement. Um, no, I th- I think that you guys know for some reason I've just been off of my the D twenty three announcements and not just the D twenty three actual aspect of it, but just like 
what's next, what to do. I am in, in them we trust. I'm just going to kind of like let them make the decisions. And I feel like they've earned that at this point. And I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Uh, although I could use some more dancing as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. maybe some nightclub dancing thrown in there. I wouldn't be mad at Let's have that be the whole, let's have that be the whole movie. Uh, yeah. Ace, sure. do you have a Thunderbolt, a villain, an MCU villain, you know there's so many, that you'd like to see in Thunderbolts that has not already been announced? I mean, I think the obvious one is Zemo. Yeah. Uh, that was already said. I, I can't think of anything else. I'm, I'm trying. Uh Everything else would probably be like a Sony villain. Give me, give me Bad Bunny's El Muerto uh, <laughs> as one of the Thunderbolts. <laughs> so, it, so it's so. Oh man, Sony! It's so like. And it, did you get a chance to see Bullet Train? I haven't. No. Okay. Bad Bunny's in it for like five minutes. I bet. What what did you ask, Roxy? What is Bullet Train? Bullet Train is okay. So Bullet Train is that Brad Pitt joint that's basically uh, it's from one of the guys that did the first John Wick movie, and it's Brad Pitt's Mm -hmm. John Wick. But it also feels like a throwback to like early two thousands where everybody wanted to be Quentin Tarantino, and they I remember. Yeah. 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 And it's from that uh, Sony. Apparently, Bad Bunny tested so well uh, that they're like, we're going to give him his own superhero from our deep, deep bench they do have a deep bench of spider-man characters but like el muerto who appeared in two issues and it was just one of those like I, every aspect of this is so baffling to me it's just such a confusing you could have I was, <laughs> I was thinking about it last night it's definitely it's definitely a choice for sure yeah. i still think it's the it's like the most clear Mexican dude ever, and they give it to like a Puerto Rican guy. That was the thing because uh, I told I told my wife this, and she she's of Mexican descent, and she's oh, like, "But he's not Mexican." And I was like, "Listen, I'm not the one making same these calls, thing. okay?" <laughs> I think that's what Sody said. They're yeah. like same thing. Yeah, uh, but uh, but he's he's like, if you guys only knew what's going on <laughs> with his like music and his concerts right now. Yeah. It's insane. Well, I do. Like, my wife listens to his music, so I do have a. I do under, and that that's the other thing that like he tested so well. It's like yeah, he's one of the yeah. biggest celebrities in the world, and yeah, that doesn't mean people he can carry a movie. Went to see, people went to see Bullet Train because of him. Yeah. So and he, he was in it for like I don't know. And he and in that he plays like a cartel member from Mexico, and it's like what do we yeah. what 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 you you guys do know Mexican actors exist, right? They they're out there. I think they're trying to course correct for yeah. america chavez yeah uh in marvel they're like well, you know what we got to course correct this we got a mexican in a puerto rican role so we got to counter it yeah so there you go the um it's the bartering system <laughs> exactly. trading off. okay um, great job way to go team yeah we're doing it we're nailing it um also again mentioning the patreon you can check out sal and i speaking of spider-man we talk about spider-man every week and oh bbs we're going to be talking about morbius it's now on netflix so uh, uh upcoming episodes of Spider-Versity, Sal and I are going to pick Morbius apart. Um, But before we get into Andor, we got news and a recurring news segment character, Ezra Miller, it it rears their head once again. Um, This is not a new thing. These are updates on previous Ezra Miller shenanigans. Uh, This is from, uh, I want to say it was a Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair article that is behind a paywall. So I didn't read that, but I read other articles summarizing what it said. (laughs) I certainly did. Roxy, I, update us. Update us. At the bottom, up and down. 
there's not huge updates, but this Vanity Fair article did a very good job actually being like a journalistic article where they interviewed over a dozen people from Ezra's past and talked about every situation broken down from Hawaii to Iceland to Vermont to every um, grooming case to all of the things that we have heard about from Ezra Miller's history and uh, also hearing from their ex-fiance, which I didn't know that Ezra was engaged. Neither did I. I did like when you started listing off the locations, it felt like somebody talking about a Bond villain, like what they did in Iceland, what they did... (laughs) What they did over in Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, we have gone international for sure. The major points of the article were um, that Ezra Miller has periodically been referring to themselves as both the devil and Jesus. Great, healthy, no notes. (laughs) And the Flash. So they are having what the people close to them are saying is that they're having a hard time distinguishing that they are neither the devil nor the flash nor Jesus. Um, (laughs) There was this crazy part of the article about Susan Sarandon. I I didn't, I heard about this, but I don't know the specifics. So according to Ezra, Mm -hmm. Susan Sarandon and Ezra are very close. Um, I don't know how that started, but I guess Ezra was upset that Susan turned down their invitation to something and thinks that Susan owes them a big apology. And that um, I guess she didn't put her phone in at Ezra's house. They have decided when you walk in, if you are a woman, you need to leave your phone at the shrine, the altar. Wait, so um, specifically women. The article said women. That, I, mm. I don't know that that means not men. It just said when women walk in and I was like, huh, that that's, a, that's so tricky for a lot of one problematic for a lot of reasons, but also like you're non-binary. Like, totally. what, so why totally. that feels weird that suddenly, suddenly the distinctions matter. <laughs> and also Takata is non-binary yeah. or, or at least that's what Ezra says about Takata, yeah. but Takata's phone was left at the altar, which is why Takata had no phone to be contacted with. So there, there's a lot of follow-up questions that I had, mm-hmm. um, but essentially there's some current beef that Ezra has with Susan Sarandon about not leaving the phone or some situation there. And um, also the article's other main point was that all of Ezra Miller's uh, legal situations have gone away. Every one of them has gone away except for the Vermont case, which is the burglary charge. And that is September 26th is when Ezra is supposed to face trial for the burglary uh, Vermont situation. Other than that, there's no other legal situations that are still withstand, uh, still out there. Yeah. Warner Brothers or Ezra or their legal team, whoever has just swept those under a rug. Cool. I'm going to yeah. suggest that perhaps the the legal issues going away does not necessarily mean the problem goes away. I don't know. I don't know. It was interesting to hear their friends or ex-friends kind of talk about them because it seems like this has not been a new revelation. This seems to have been happening for years and years and years, Mm -hmm. uh, as we know, because of the choking situation being over two years ago at this point. But I, 
Warner Brothers clearly, clearly is trying to move forward with Ezra Miller. Yes. They clearly are still test screening The Flash. It's going well. And they are trying to do whatever it takes to make this Ezra Miller situation go away so they can keep Ezra as their Flash, which is like mind-blowingly baffling. I don't know that that will be what ends up happening because that would mean Ezra would have to from now to then not be in prison or get in more trouble. Yeah. But but Warner Brothers is clearly, Zasloff has been like, I mean, they're not saying it out loud right now, but Mm -hmm. Zasloff is like, Ezra's our dude. We got Ezra, Ezra's team. Warner Brothers and yeah, I it's it also makes me think. I was seeing some headlines that were like, uh, obviously, you know, all those budget cuts at Warner Brothers, but don't worry, Todd Phillips, Matt Reeves, and Andy Muschietti, they don't need to worry about those budget cuts. So I was like, hmm, I wonder what's different about those guys than the directors of Batgirl and Back. Hmm, I wonder. I can't quite. Hmm, I wonder why. I wonder why. Leslie Grace must be sitting there, like quietly and gracefully fuming yes i mean like what the fuck yeah what the fuck oh my god Ace. that's your update Ace. jesus yeah man. what do you what do you what do you have you successfully been able to avoid this is this our first is, are we dragging you into something <laughs> oh no okay. i've kept up with every single case and every single story uh i'm deeply invested in dc mm-hmm. uh uh, Roxy, I think just as much as you are. I, I, I'm, I'm always, I've always been DC first uh, when it comes to just superheroes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this case is kind of insane. I, I do feel like it's so tough to come back from it, even if you do get away from the legal matters, just to perception, just the public view, just the press tour. Like I keep yeah. thinking about the press tour. There's no way he's gonna avoid uncomfortable questions and there's no way he's not gonna tackle them in a correct manner i mean i mean unless they like coach him up really well but even then it's it's tough i I, i've debated because i i like to put myself in the studio head position yeah and i've debated like what would i do in this situation and it's so tough like it really is kind of tough considering the director the producer the, the rest of the cast and the rest of the crew that really just put in so much work to shoot this entire movie and to make this entire movie, it's tough to just let them just be flushed down the toilet and forgotten just because of what Ezra Miller is doing. But it's also tough to promote a movie to from an individual that definitely needs help and does not need to be on a press tour in any way or be in a movie. So I, it's just such a difficult decision and a difficult position. I, I've always felt for, if I'm being real, uh, speaking of, you know, Latinos and Latinas back before, uh, for Sasha Calle, who mm-hmm. is playing Supergirl, who's a up and coming Colombiana actress, I've always felt for her. And I've always yeah. felt like, at least give her a shot. Like, let her be in a movie, let her give it a chance to shine. And then there was an article that came out, like I believe a month and a half ago that said even her, she probably won't get a spinoff. She probably won't get any other future in DC uh, just because of this whole scenario, even though it's not her fault at all. She's just caught up in the situation. Yeah. So it's a very complicated yeah. situation. Well, and then there's the news. Speaking of the studio head stuff, there's the news that like, it seems it, there, it, there was an article I want to say it was Harley reporter that implied that like Zaslav may be preparing is, is basically preparing Warner brothers discovery to be bought by like Comcast, which owns Universal, and it's like, 
why is this all so bleak all the time? <laughs> no, I know. Speaking of people we feel for, I've always felt for Kiersey Clemens, who like was yeah. supposed to have such a bigger role as Iris West in uh, the Justice League, and then has just been waiting and waiting yeah. to be in the Flash, and just like then all of this comes out. I'm sure she's had to turn down so many other things because she was really up and coming at that point after Dope, and like this girl's probably just like. Are you guys kidding? Yeah. <laughs> can you get your shit together for a little? Mm-hmm. Just so just so we can move on. Just so we can keep going. I mean, it's just, it's tough for the people around. But I do think there is a world in which this movie doesn't get scrapped and they get replaced. I do think that we have seen crazy reshoots done before. I think it is possible. I think yeah. it's possible for us to get a Flash movie that does not star Ezra Miller. I just do. And even if that costs the studio another 150 million dollars you're still going to make back your money and now you're doing what i think is the right thing now you guys are not the moral police so that's not your job but i just think ace i think there's no way they're putting ezra miller on a press tour i think even if ezra's starring in this (laughs) they are taking ezra and hiding them in a closet and or under a box somewhere like i think that they don't want ezra speaking to anyone let alone the press Ezra, just, Ezra yes. has their own secret compound they can just go there to is there Straight is off. there anything Ezra could do that would make you feel like okay I'm okay with this now I think so I think spend years in therapy and re rehab you know like we're hearing that at their compound are like hundreds of guns and mm-hmm. all of the drugs um and I think that, well, first of all, go to trial. Were you grooming two different girls? Are yeah. you grooming two different young 12-year-old girls? Because then if the answer to that, that is yes, then no, DJ. Probably mm-hmm. there's not anything that they could do. Yeah. But if the answer to that is no, and what has happened is that the assault charge with the chair and the head, mm-hmm. the assault charge, the first one in Hawaii, um, and the assault choking the woman going to the ground, then I do think that there is there are things that could be done. But you have to... You have to pay for your actions first. Yeah. And so without doing that, no. Yeah, I have a few choice quotes here from the Rolling Stone follow-up to all this, uh, talking about his, his – excuse me. I'm so sorry. There. I apologize. I don't know if I've done that earlier in the episode, but I, I do apologize. Um, uh, their compound. Um, anyway – uh, like apparently they were accompanied to Iceland by a 55-year-old 50, South Dakota medicine man as a quote-unquote spiritual advisor. And by the way, if you've ever – we all work in Los Angeles. If you've ever interacted with somebody that has like an advisor or like a personal assistant, that person is just a – that person is just a I, – I was in a situation where I – early when I was out here uh, uh, helping put together a video with somebody that had they, – they were a very wealthy person and they had – a personal advisor and that person was just there to tell them everything they wanted to do was the right thing to do and everything they thought was correct and they were right about everything and it was a it was a fucking nightmare this person was a fucking nightmare um so yeah that's i think that's my big thing is i wonder i wonder what ezra could do that that would make me feel like they're being actually held accountable for their actions yeah go on trial I, I I don't know. I just cuz it's 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 not the system is not built to make these people uh better. <laughs> it's it's built to tell them that they're right about everything. Anyway, 
Ezra. God damn it. Uh, when is this movie supposed to be come out? Do we? Does anybody? Twenty three now. I know, but in when in twenty mid twenty July June July. It's it's mid June. It's June. It's June. Oh. All right. Well, here we go. We got time. We got time to figure it out. Yeah, we got time to. Doubt it. Uh, So okay. All right. We're gonna go to a quick ad break, and then we'll be right back to talk about Andor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back. Oh my goodness, we're back uh, uh, to talk about Andor. And I am very excited to have you both with me today because Roxy knows this. Uh, I was not a huge fan of Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan, to the point where watching Obi-Wan, I was like, you know what? The show, not the character. Yes, the show. And I was like, you know what? I think now is a good time for me and Star Wars to part ways. I think I think I'm good. I think I'm good. And and the there a lot of hype around the trailers for Andor and I'm and I we got the screeners and I was like, okay, I'm gonna give these first couple episodes a shot. And within minutes, within the first sequence of Andor, I'm like, oh I'm in. I'm, I'm in whatever this show is doing, I am in. Uh so let's ace your her guest today. What let, let us know your thought. We so we're going to be talking about um uh for the kids at home. We're going to be talking about the first three episodes which dropped. We have seen the fourth episode, but we are going to uh, not dive into it because you all haven't seen it yet. So we're not going to get into that so much. But uh, Ace, first three episodes. I wanted to spoil it for you. I couldn't even. So, <laughs> um, although I I will say. Fourth episode is where we really set up like what the premise of the show is, and I'm like, yes, please, and thank you. Yeah, you, okay, maybe you yes. can break that down for yes. me. Anyway, we'll yeah, we'll get that. We'll allude to it, but but first three episodes were introduced Andor and his world, and I should have mentioned writ- written down what planet we're on in these first three episodes, and I didn't. I don't remember. Anyway, Ace, what did you think about these first three episodes? Uh, I loved it, and yeah. and I really do feel like a lot of people are coming into this show kind of with middling to low expectations and and just really getting blown away because of what they're introducing when it comes to the type of tone, the type of feel, the complete left turn of what a Star Wars show usually is, of what a Star Wars usually is, uh, at least from what we've seen in the movies and on screen so far. So I really do feel like it's incredible. And I really do feel like it's incredible because of the timing that they have, I I really do feel like twelve episodes, yeah, makes a difference. And you could feel like, oh, 
this is three episodes out of 12. Yeah. Like you could tell they're taking their time with the story and they're going to be better off for it. So I'm completely in love with it so far. What I find very, I find a lot of things very compelling about it. But what I find interesting is if I was talking to about our friend and we, and we mentioned that you could take the Star Wars stuff out of this show and you would still have a very compelling sci-fi. This could be a great sci-fi series on its own without the Star Wars branding. And what I think is interesting for me, this does what I've wanted Star Wars to do ever since Disney, which is if you're going to tell more of these stories, I think there's value in switching it up. So, like, for me watching this, it was like, oh, this is Star Wars for grownups. And I, and it, and I don't mean that derisively. Because, like, Star, the original, it's, meant, it's intended for a younger audience. Obviously, all ages can enjoy it. That's part of the power of it. And I'm not saying every Star Wars thing should be this. But if we're pumping out multiple Star Wars show, shows a year, I'm glad one of them can be. You know what I mean? Like, one of them is like, oh, I can engage with this because it, it – um, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, they're doing what Rogue One did, which is kind of grounding the story more. Story more. And then I rewatched Rogue One. And it's funny how even more grounded this show is than that. Like Rogue One still feels like comparatively, it's like, oh, yeah, it's the Zippy Zap, Star Wars. Hey, we're having fun here. This is like, well, the Empire's not bad because space lasers. The Empire's bad. Like we get with some of Andor's backstory. It's like, oh, Duh, the Empire, imperialism. They're they're literally draining planets of their value, destroying cultures. And the the first these first three episodes in the present take Andor lives and operates in what's a, functionally a factory town. We don't even see one stormtrooper, I don't think, in these episodes. <laughs> it's so over my head about why we would see a stormtrooper in one of these episodes. Why would there be a stormtrooper? I just because in everything else there is. Everything else there I like oh. I like the fact that the threat Are the stormtroopers everywhere? I it's it's I mean based on the other Star Wars things I watched it's like there they are uh, so I like the idea that like this hasn't even gotten to the empire this is this is like it's a it's a it's a it's a corporation and they're like well we need to take care of this before the empire finds out even better one of my fa- favorite scenes I think it's the first episode is the the inciting incident uh Andor kills two guys that are about ready to basically out him and what he's doing and it gets to this corporation and the guy that runs it there's this one like middle management guy played by alex uh uh, played by kyle solar he plays cyril karn and he's like all hard about it he's like we need to two of our guys died we need to do something about it and his boss is like no we're gonna lie about it we're gonna cover it up because i don't want to have to go explain to some empire toady why we fucked up so don't do anything about it (laughs) It felt, it felt very I'm, real. I'm not catching all the things you guys are catching. Yeah. Like that's not playing. Okay. So here's, here's like my of fantasy shows right now. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with uh, house of the dragon. I understand everything that's happening in that show. I couldn't make it past the first episode of Lord of the Rings. I don't understand what's going on in that show and don't care to understand. Yeah. I'm really into this show, but I don't get what's happening. Okay. Um, and I really want to understand, but I like they're having conversations and I'm like, speak normal. <laughs> like, I can't get what you're saying. And I understand maybe this is how they sp- speak, but I don't get what you're saying. Like, I don't understand what you're trying to get at. So here, I'm going to read you guys. This is me live 
messaging Steph during the first three episodes. Okay. 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 And then maybe you guys can help explain to me like actually what's happening here. Okay. Uh-huh. I said, wait, what is the basic premise of Andor? I'm like, not sure I'm getting it. It's just a random guy, Diego Luna, looking for some shit. I'm not sure what, but he has to lie because presumably he's a good guy and maybe working for bad people. And then like either he's protecting kids or maybe he is a kid and it's a flashback. And then the hot girl, Audrey Arjona, are they related? Because she's with this other random dude and I feel like I'm missing some major things. Oh, maybe there are flashbacks to him. And that's why he can't tell people where he's from. Because when he was a kid, all the kids were killed or something. But that that feels like a Vader situation. I guess this all comes down to me not understanding who is a rebel. Or are these not even rebels? Like Stellan Skarsgård. What is he? Okay, maybe I'm getting it. (laughs) The kids are flashbacks to Canary. And they thought everyone was dead. But Diego Luna lived. And then somehow he wants to take down the people who hurt his planet, maybe. Who are those people, though? Palpatine? Vader? Different time? The man with blue eyes? Like, who are we up against? I'm confused. What is the construction site? And his homie there and the flying bus, what is this? Who are the bluish gray soldiers? The bad guys? But, like, who are they? Maybe they're Imperial people? What is an Imperial person? Oh my God, homeboy is dead. Snitches get stitches. Somehow, suddenly I'm very invested. Okay, this is very good. At least the parts I understand. Uh, before, I'm going to throw this to Ace to see so he can tackle us. But I do, before I do that, uh, Adrienne Arjona is in this show. She's also in Morbius. And just like Morbius, so incredibly easy on the eyes. And also, uh, n- not for not for nothing, so Roxy, beautiful. you just said just some guy. Diego Luna is not just some guy. He's a very beautiful guy. <laughs> he's, Wait, he's but, a very... <laughs> this is super stupid, but do we know him? From Rogue One. He okay, was, I don't remember him. In yeah, that movie. he was he was um um he was Jin Urso's like main rebel guy in in Rogue One. He was he was our number two guy in Rogue One. Okay, um, I don't remember him or I guess that movie. I've seen it twice, not for years, and I clearly don't remember. So so um, can you? Answer? But even even if it was just some guy, I was Diego Luna's not just some guy. Even if he's not a character we met before, he's not just no, some he's guy. A, he's a, smoke obviously yeah. he's a smoke but i just mean in this universe yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. i was like this is some like what so so um ace help yeah, Ta- yeah the, the, i think the stakes are much lower than you would than you're asking roxy in the first yeah. few episodes at least uh, diego luna's character cassian is kind of just some guy trying to look for his sister that he lost after he was taken away from his home planet in Canaris. He's also. looking for his sister. Yeah, yeah. that's the opening oh. scene when he's at at the brothel, for lack of a better word. Which, which, by the way, I know in Star Wars, two characters having twins is a, is the key major plot point. Point. But watching this show, this was the first time I was like, "Oh, people fuck in the Star Wars universe. People, people, people actually get down." Anyway, Ace continues. Wait, so hold on. On that note, so I understood the whole time he's looking for something. Like I said here, yeah. he's looking for something. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's his sister. Yes. yes. And is that um, uh, L- the little girl Andrea in the flashback? Arjona? No, no, the little oh. girl in the flashback. Yeah, but she seemed like she died. We actually well, we don't know one. I think we only see one person that's the impression i got which by the way did we all watch it on screeners 
Yes. Okay. So fucking annoying. And the and the Canari, I don't the Canari sequences didn't have subtitles, and I'm actually kind of thinking they were meant to specifically because the first episode ends with him saying something and then it ends i was like oh i feel like you expected me to know what he said and so i'm thinking they were meant to have subtitles but whatever <laughs> no i i actually think that was done on purpose I, I i actually watched the at least the first episode on disney plus no without... no subtitles for them okay yeah yeah i think and... it was like a west side story situation yeah i which is fine it, it only confused me that they ended they ended the episode as if he said something i was supposed to understand what he said i was like well, all right but anyway i i think the the girl that dies not dead. no the girl that dies is like the leader of the tribe which i have questions about why they're all kids that's probably a dark story um but but we see the the sister the sister briefly ace continue he's trying to find his sister okay yeah yeah so he's trying to find his sister and the People in gray and blue are imperial corporate security. So they're what's essentially. What's that? So it's it's a company. It's a corporate company that the empire hires to yeah. tackle different planets and different locations that maybe they are either not a part of or don't have enough troops in or don't have enough support in. So this is kind of their way of saying, hey, they're not going to be much of a threat anyways. They have a small population. Let's hire corporate security to handle this jurisdiction. Yeah. And that's essentially what those planets are. So they're trying to kill them or well, they're trying no. to so, so my trying to get them to become imperialists. So my my understanding is is just kind of like the empires functionally the stormtroopers and stuff are functionally in the military. This is a business that works with the empire. And so they have their own personal corporate security outside of the empire. Um, and so this is like this is like the factory towns back in like early 20th century late 19th century where where basically everybody there works for this corporation uh to to i don't i i don't know that they're they're they're, they're probably strip mining the planet just like they did on canari because we get that that really evocative shot on canari is this canari this is not canari canari was the planet where the that, kids are where the kids are canari? where the kids are is canari where adults oh. Cassie so Andor is. Right uh, I'm talking about the factory town that the the town that that Andor is oh, in. Oh, the place that I was asking about with the guy doing construction. Yeah, that's like a factory town. That everybody in that town works for this company. So when stuff goes 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 down, which is why it's kind of a problem. Yeah, it's actually exactly like like if you if you think about the old west and like mining towns and stuff like that. There's the town that the mining company owes, and then there's the outside of town where the the drinking and the gambling and the sexing happens and it's not supposed to be there but we don't we just pretend we don't we just don't we just pretend it's not there and so Wait, that's the why same it's people bj it's the same people who killed the kid are the same people coming to the mining town i don't believe that we know that yet i think we we know that the, oh. there it's related to the the kid is killed by some empire thing that crashed also presumably because in when we get the flashback we see that that planet is demolished. There's basically like a Grand Canyon level. They've just strip mined the planet out. Um, and so it's related to that is the implication. Um, and okay. yeah, so, and so that's, and that's why, and I, I, yeah, I think, I think for me, that's one of the things that's really effective about this show is because most Star Wars operates on such a mythic level. There's a sense of like, in the first Star Wars, we get the Death Star blows up a planet, which is bad, but it's bad. It's it's bad on such a scale that it's almost abstract. Where in this, it the 
evil is so bureaucratic and banal, it it's more it's more of a present threat. Like we're not we don't give a shit about we don't give a shit about specifically Andor. We'll just steamroll anybody who happens to be in the way of what we're doing, and that it feels more relatable to me because that's the world we live in. Um, Wait, I'm still on Question Gate right yes. now, though. So so going back, okay, so he. He's looking for his sister. Yeah. And um, Audrey Arjona is doing what? She is just there. Every, and Ace, correct me if you got a different impression. Everybody in the town is just kind of doing their own thing to survive. So Andor and um, Adrian Arjona's character, Bix, um, and kind of Tim, uh, didn't was not bumped when Tim, Tim, Tim fucked up, man. Because if he's pulling... Adrian Arjona, you do you do what she says, my guy. Like don't don't fuck that up. Anyway, um, uh, everybody's just kind of doing. They're they're Andor is stealing stuff from the Empire, low level stuff to survive to make scratch. Bix is a part of that smuggling operation. Wait, what was the answer to what she doing? She's part of she, she. I mean, she just works as a. I think she. She's just like a mechanic or something is her day she's, job. But she's part of this smuggling. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, she's a mechanic uh, for this planet. I, I believe the planet is called Ferrix. Yeah. And the planet, it's just all just workers doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. But her character is tapped into the rebellion because on the side she sells like dj was saying smuggled products oh. from the empire that she can get from either cassian or from other sources yeah. so on the side she supports the rebellion but she still has a date job so, so that's kinda- why she's protecting diego luna yes because, okay because she they likes work together she yeah they're, yeah they're just work and, and there's an implication that they were something more in the past which is why tim flips the fuck out and narks on Andor. Yeah. Fucking Tim. Uh, the name of that her boyfriend? Wow, what a weird Star Wars. It, it, it has an extra M. It's Tim with two M's. <laughs> okay, and then um, wow, Snitch just gets stitches. Yeah, I was like fucking stoked when he got killed. That was I honestly my only note of those first three episodes is how broken up she seems to be that he's gone. And I would have been like, Nah, man, it, she didn't even seem that close to him to begin with. Like she's just they seemed like fuck buddies. And then he rats on her friend, and then he dies. I would have been like, All right, I mean, whatever, man. <laughs> Okay, so basic premise then, if I'm putting this all together, Dio Luna's looking for, or Cassian's looking for his sister because yeah. when they were kids, they were on this planet. Something happened, they got split up. Yeah, we don't he, know what. He, no, he gets picked up by the two smugglers that one of them ends up basically being his mother figure, which that actress is incredible and their and their chemistry is really oh, great. Oh, like the bunker thing, the thing that she, he goes to that, and then she's like, you need to come, or is talking to him, like, where are you? And then yeah. the people were there. Didn't okay. Didn't put the, that together. Yeah. Okay, so he gets picked up, and she doesn't pick up his sister for some reason. Yeah, because he's in. She finds him in the shuttle, and the the way she articulates it is basically the empire is like here, and so, so like, they're saying this, and I'm not understanding the way that they're explaining it. Like, there's something about the way that they speak that I'm like, I, I don't it. get what you're saying. I love the dialogue in this show. I think the dialogue's so good. Why doesn't it compute? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm a know. pretty smart person. So the fact that like, I, I like can't pick up, I can see generally what's happening, but I'm like, I don't get what you guys are saying. Yeah. I don't know. I think the dialogue's so good in the show. I like it so much. <laughs> wow. So you got all that. I just am missing it. Like, yeah. I'm like, what are, wait, I get that you're looking for something. What is it? 
And, and who's so this woman? The the finish out these these three episodes. The the big thing is Andor because he kills the two guys at the beginning. He needs to get the fuck off the planet, and so he's trying. He he stole like a really important something, a navigation device or something from an Empire okay. thing. And Stellan Skarsgård's Skarsgård's character, excuse me, Luthen Rail. Um, good guy or bad guy? Uh, I think good guy, but it is it is like a heist kind of show. So who knows? Motivations can be mixed. Okay. Um, he's he, part of the rebellion. He's so good. In, Stellan Skarsgård is so good in the show, though. Anyway, he's like, I actually don't give a fuck about the device. I think you're good at stealing things and I need a dude. And so you're going to be my dude. Fuck. Oh, my they God. The whole shootout when they're in the factory and the big engine blocks or whatever falling from the series. I'm like, the ceiling was like, this is fucking cool. This is a cool. Anyway. That looked sick, but you totally lost me. I don't know what you're talking about with the device, and I don't know what you're talking about. Basically, Stone Scars Guard wants. He kept wanting to go back for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like really important navigation, some sort of sci-fi important thing the Empire has. (laughs) Yeah, I like can't figure out what to focus on. It's like so so essentially what DJ is getting to is is like he killed those two security officers. He's trying to get off planet. He knows that Bix, who is. Uh, Adriarjona's character has a connection to the rebellion and has a hookup, which is Stellan Skarsgård's character. Yeah, he meets Stellan Skarsgård's character. Him. Yes, yeah, she she's, knows. Yeah, him. yeah, she's like his 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 her contact, her main contact. Yeah, and and he uses that to try and sell a product to him to try and get money to get off planet, and instead he ends up running off with him when he offers him essentially a job mm-hmm. to steal from the empire because he's so good at it. And because he stole that specific navigational uh, empirical uh, device. Yeah. So he feels like if this guy's that good, if this guy is that dope, I need him on my team on the rebel side and let me basically recruit him to the rebels. So yeah. that, essentially this is an entire projection into how does one get into the rebellion? Into the rebellion. You're just an everyday kind of, you know, Thief. Oh, prior to this, he's not in the rebellion. No, and I think no. that's it, we, I. I joked because it's Diego Luna, but he he really is just some guy. Like it, it's not he's not he a is. part of the rebellion. He's not. He's literally just trying to look out for himself. And maybe that's another thing I respond to. I love crime movies, and that first three episodes is is basically just kind of a crime movie in space. And it's like, well, th- you're speaking my language. This is my jam. Um, I also like the visual, the mm-hmm. the kind of like visual storytelling of it. It tells us that it. He, Stone Scars are literally says it, but like Andor's thinking small because he can't let go. He's like, I gotta, because to him, this device is like the most valuable thing he's ever stolen. And Stone Scars Guard is trying to tell him, like, no, that doesn't matter. It really, that really doesn't matter. We're doing bigger things. I need you to leave that the fuck alone. Come with me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The rebellion's going to help him find his sister. Uh, that is the offer that he's given. Will they actually do it? Who's to say? Because in Rogue One, again, having just rewatched it, they do a good job of like the rebellion. Big picture, rebellion are definitely the good guys. Uh, you zoom in a little bit. There's shady shit in there. <laughs> there's shady shit going on. 
um, which is, again, true to life. But um, beyond the, I guess, the crime grounded element, I also like um, little things that, that made me very confident in the show is I like the way they take Star Wars iconography and tweak it into something new. So the little droid uh, B2 emo uh, uh, evokes R2, but he speaks and he has and it has a very it, it itself has like a distinct personality. It's kind of like Doug from um um I think that's the dog's name in Up, where he's just kind of a puppy. He just wants to help Andor out. It's like a fuck. I love this fucking droid. I hope the droid shows up again. This droid's so good. Um, but also the curiosity it shows for the world. Little moments like um, we're introduced to a guy. It was in the trailers that like brings this anvil to like as like the alarm clock for the town. But we spend a moment where he like spreads out his tools. He looks at them with pride. Like you get a sense, this guy isn't important to the show. The character doesn't even have a name, but I know this is his job. I know that he value, he's, he sees value in his job and he likes doing it. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. Like I feel, these feel like real people and not just like archetypes running around. Why is everybody looking for Cassian if he's not in the rebellion? Because he murdered two people that, uh, that's what was making everybody look for him. Well, it's I not everybody. It's specifically one middle management dude who can't, who, who really sees this as a promotion opportunity. <laughs> Ace, you were going to say something? No, I, I was going to say, do you mean the, from the Imperial security, Roxy, or do you mean from Ferris? I guess like everybody's just so curious about this guy from Canary, the guy from Canary, the guy from Canary. And I'm like, why are they all, why do they all give a fuck about Cassian? Well, there's a reward out for him as well. So uh, it, it's kind of like a turn him in kind of thing. And, and you know, we'll hook you up. And, and the idea is that the Imperial security is looking for him because of the two murders that he committed. And it's essentially the character of Cyril Khan, who is that one, like, young white dude who gives that crappy speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, who's the overly eager dude who wants oh. to find him for justice. But and- I'm, I'm saying, like... Uh- why are they, if they're looking for him because he did the murders, why do they care that he's from Canary? Because that's the only thing they know about him. Because that was, that's the only piece of information they have. Oh, so it's not like being from Canary means that we're after you because. No, like, oh, because okay. he told. I, if I were thinking it, I kept thinking that they were after him because nobody from Canary was supposed to be alive still or something. Uh, yeah, no, it was just because he told, because he's trying to find his sister. He mentioned that to the brothel worker. So that's literally the, the only information they have about the two guys that died was that they were talking to somebody from Canary prior to them dying. Mm. And so that's, that's why it becomes the like, and again, uh, I can't stress this enough. The, the main boss, Cyril Khan's boss, Karn's boss is like, yeah, don't pursue this. It's a waste of time and money and energy. I don't care about these workers. I don't care about this, but this, it's just, and, and I, and I like, I like that this grand adventure doesn't start for any particularly good reason. It's just a dude that couldn't let it go. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yes. I understood all of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like super enjoyable to hear you guys talk about because it makes so much more sense. I, I don't think I should need an, a person to explain every episode for me for me to understand something so clearly there's some kind of disconnect um sure. and i'm looking forward to maybe watching the future ones with this base knowledge seeing if i can pick it up but right now it's i'm really enjoying it and clearly getting about 20 percent of it yeah do you feel like maybe um 
I feel like the show could, I feel like part of that is like a rewatch too. I feel like a rewatch could be helpful. Definitely. Um, I just yeah. like watch 5,000 shows. So I shouldn't, I don't yeah. think that I should have to, but clearly it's working. You guys got every part of it. Yeah. I will also say, and I do not want to speak for you, but in context, you are busy right now. You are, it's not like you're, uh, you've got things going on at the, at the like literally, like literally yeah, you're out of town right now. <laughs> for sure. But like, it, it wasn't until the third episode that by the way they were shooting it, I could tell he was one of the kids from there. You okay. guys probably knew that very soon. Yeah. I thought he had kids he was protecting there by the way that it was shot. Yeah. And that's like, I was like, what? This is a flashback? There was no indication of that to me. Yeah, I would have Got to it. go back and yeah. see, see how they, they integrate that. But yeah, I was like, okay, so this is him. This is him as a kid. And I did not gauge yeah. that. Yeah. I, I was like, who are these fucking kids? <laughs> like, Which is another. And then I finally was like, oh my God, that, okay, that makes a lot more sense. But the, the way that they're telling the story is really cool, but it's not clicking for me for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, what's good, Roxy, though, is that there's 12 episodes. And yeah, I feel exactly. like this is that type of show where it's like, man, if you're struggling to get into the first three, there is freaking so much more there to have. And I feel like the next few episodes are going to be even more intriguing, at least when it comes to the basic television format, when it comes to setup of an action or sequence or an event, and then the payoff of it, which is what we're getting in the next uh, three, four episodes. So I feel like that's going to be key for audiences who might not be on board with the first three episodes so far. Well, it seems like everybody's on board with this series, but the way that it worked for me was that the first two episodes, I was like, oh my God, am I going to be the only person who doesn't love this show? And then the third episode I thought was fucking incredible. And yeah, that's when like yeah. the pieces all started to click for me and I'm understanding like what the relationships are a little more. But then um, we're not talking about this fully, but then the fourth episode I was went back to being like, wait, what? Oh, I really? thought I I thought I just understood what was happening, and now I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm. We can't we can't spoil it, but I, I love the fourth episode. Yeah, so I love much. the fourth episode. <laughs> I can't too. wait for you to explain it to me. Yeah, I love I, I I really like the fourth episode because in the two things, speaking non spoilers, um, and and obviously we know from Stone Skarsgård's character in the previous one that he's pulling him in for a job. And so the show sets up, and I don't think it's going to be, I mean, because, what, nine episodes? That's a lot of episodes. I don't think it's going to be all the nine episodes. In fact, it could be episode, wait, the way it's set up, it could be episode five, but he's pulling him for a job. So I was like, mm, heist movie, yes, please. Um, and we get more of the interworkings of this early stage of the rebellion. And mm -hmm. I thought all of that stuff, uh, people know from the advertising Mon Mothma's in the show, the stuff they're doing with her character's fucking cool it's fucking cool and we get more of what Stel how Stellan Skarsgård operates in this world and it provides him a chance to like really flex his muscles and it's like yeah this guy's so you forget because it's like he does a cameo in Thor and you're like cool and it's like oh yeah this guy's great this guy's like really really talented actor that's right it's cool that this show's letting him do that ah that's cool <laughs> yeah so I feel like without giving anything away again he is a part of the rebellion, right? Yeah. He has to he? have uh, uh, Stellan Skarsgård's character. Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. So his cover, he has a cover inside of this world, and he yeah. has to keep that and maintain that cover in order to talk to politicians and yeah. to 
powerful people in order to get the resources that he needs to continue his rebellion. There's, so there's, I don't know if that helps, Roxy. But yeah, yeah, there's like a, a, lot. a spy element to this show. There's like a crime yeah. element to this show. And and again, just the, 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 the practical matters of existing in this universe and what's that like for normal people that don't have some great destiny. Uh, I, I, I think that's also compelling. what's what's confusing too, right? Roxy is the fact that most of the Star Wars shows we've seen so far are very clear cut into what a character is, right? A character, this character is bare bones. It's a dad protecting his son or it's uh, someone looking for his people or, you know, whatever it is, it's very simple in the, tem- in the terms of storytelling of a character. When it comes to Cassian, it's a much more complex character of a murderer who's on the run, but he's actually kind of a good guy, but he actually just wants to do the right thing, but he's looking for his sister, but now he has to do this job in order to maybe potentially look for his sister. So there's a lot more threads when it comes to the type of character that he is. He's not just a Mandalorian looking for other Mandalorians. It's, Definitely Ace, for yeah. sure. Because I feel like um, what, why I think that I'm ultimately going to end up liking the show is I love living in the gray. But when I think about Star Wars at its core, when I break down Star Wars to its basics, I think of good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Yes. This show is kind of making me be like, wait, what? You guys have told me for decades of my life good versus evil and now i'm seeing and i'm like i can't tell if you're good or evil so i'm very confused where to place you i don't uh, this is i'm shook so maybe that like when i can feel like i have more grasp on these characters then i'll know what their covers are their fronts are but right now i'm just like wait what yeah. What's happening? Star Wars is like trained audiences to engage in Star Wars media in a certain way. And and something that I'm hopeful about this show is is something I, I similar with She Hulk. Um we Roxanne and I were just talking. We I think She Hulk is the best of the Disney Plus shows. And oh. that's not to say that I want every Marvel Disney Plus show to have the same mode as She Hulk, but what I hope it does is it allows that brand to expand and diversify. It's like, I don't want every Star Wars show to be like Andor now, but I hope Andor opens the door to be like, oh, we don't have to do this one thing every time. It can be, it's a big universe. We can do a lot of things. And it's like, yeah, yes, you can. Yes, you can do that. <laughs> oh, for sure. And, and Star Wars has a formula, Roxy. So to be fair to you, like this is a formula that hasn't been broken since 1977 and they're kind of breaking it now. Like even what DJ said about Rogue One, like even Rogue One is supposedly breaks the formula and doesn't really break the formula. Yeah. It's still very Star Warsy. This one just breaks it completely and just decides to do a, a dragged out, long, complex, interwoven story that doesn't feel like it's a light side, dark side kind of thing or it doesn't feel like it has that kind of kinetic energy that a star wars movie has and that's the george lucas effect of it all where george lucas very much integrated that a part of his films where he wanted it to be quick action fun you know quippy go like han solo is like hey kid i got your kid like all that kind of stuff is not in the show at all and it really is just a it's a much more like spy espionage show living inside of a star wars show you know what it is i like you know what it is? Is I know when Marvel did all those Netflix shows, they're like, it's like Daredevil's like The Wire with superheroes. And then you watch, you're like, well, slow your roll. Like, that's it's I like the show, but it's not The Wire. This kind of is like, what if The Wire happened in Star Wars universe? Like, it really, like, 
interpersonal politics. Like there's a lot of like complicated systems within systems and bureaucracies and all this shit. And it's like the enemy isn't necessarily any one person. It's just the entire system you exist in. Uh, before we wrap up, um, speaking of the future, Leonard Kim asked in the Discord, what are you looking forward to in the remaining nine episodes? Anything you're hoping to see more in Andor? And to your point, Roxy, Leonard Kim was also lukewarm. You're not saying you were lukewarm, but uh, not necessarily entirely on board. Um, uh, Leonard Kim's I'm definitely also- on board. I just don't, I don't get all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel so- like, Roxy, uh, maybe I'm, I'm overstepping, but do you feel like, but do you feel like you can enjoy something that yeah. maybe you don't understand? Definitely. And I am. I, I, I'm I've, watching I've it and that. really enjoying it. I just don't know what's going on all the time. I, I want to watch Rings of Power so bad, mm-hmm. but I don't know anything about Lord of the Rings. Oh, and Lord I'm of the Rings like, and Rings of Power is not doing any anybody like you no. any favors. They're like, <laughs> yeah, Morgoth, you know, moving on. And it's like, wait, okay, time out. I've read the Silmarillion, so I know who Morgoth is. Does anybody else know who Morgoth is? <laughs> Because I saw I saw Wheel of Time, mm-hmm. and in Wheel of Time was very much more like, you know, here's a fantasy. I don't know if you guys saw Wheel of Time. No, only the first um, three episodes. But it's very much like here's this world, fantasy, fantasy, blah blah blah, powers, powers, and I just kind of try to figure it out on my own, and I felt like I did a decent job, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's like me watching Star Wars. I'm yeah. just there like, you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm definitely enjoying it. And I do like like hearing people talk about it. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Okay, I'll look out for this, which is helpful to me. So I'm super in on it. What I'm hoping to see in the nine following episodes, um, I guess, would be like more understanding of characters' motivations and like who they are and um, and how they interact with each other. Yeah. What about you, Ace? Next nine episodes. We've got nine more episodes of the season. What are you looking forward to? Ooh, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to more Tony Gilroy sequences. Yeah, and Tony Gilroy dialogue. I'm looking forward to more Stone Scars Guard. Yeah, uh, I think he's awesome so far, and I really like uh, Mon Mothma so far as well. And I want so see good. Like, what I don't Matt Mon Mothma is like. one of those names. I'm like, hey, I know, and I, but I never cared, and now it's like, oh, I actually give a shit about what Mon Mothma's up to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm excited to see more of her and how her dialogues. Yeah. work i want to see i want to see that i want to see more like dialogue debate type stuff in star wars where it feels a little bit more like the real world because again this is kind of what it's all about right yeah. it's always been an allegory of real world politics and how it kind of reflects our own reality so the idea that how does a republic fall into an empirical uh ideology it's something that I, I think the show is going to get into a little bit. I I, I might be speculating, but I yeah. kind of want to see that as well. So I also think it's helpful that the more we see Mon Mon, obviously her situation is pretty fucking harrowing. Uh, uh, it's it's she's in a challenging situation, and we're not necessarily there. But I do think if we saw more of like god forbid but like in this case maybe super cool a senate meeting like how the senate operates i think it might be helpful because it's something i've been thinking about is we always talk about like dystopias as if it's a thing that will happen and it's like well kind of actually we kind of live in one we we are already kind of oh, it's happening yeah it, we, we already <laughs> exist in one and seeing how yep. somebody like mon mothma has to operate within that system we might be yep. a reminder of like wait this is like the world i live in and it's like yeah that's why some of us want to change things um yeah. 
So that I I really rewatching Rogue One. I really want to see K two S O show up sooner rather than later. Alan Tudyk's Imperial Droid in that one, uh, uh, just because again I would I want to see more B two emo. I think he's fucking great. Honestly, I'm a little worried. All the characters we're introduced to in those first three episodes, other than Andor, might just be gone from the show. I'm like, no, they were all. Every one of them was so cool. Don't I don't want to lose them. Um, I don't mind if we do. <laughs> What, Start clean. Let's what, go. What do I see Bix anymore? Roxy. But, no, I, w- I would, but I also wouldn't like. As long as we have Cassian, there's nobody else that I'm like. I need to hold on to this person. Uh, yeah. What I don't need to see. I don't need. I don't need a Luke. I don't need a Leia. I don't need. I don't need a Yoda. Unless it's something like the rest of the show, where it's like, hey. What is Yoda doing on Dagobah? Like, what's his day-to-day life? Like, what are his thoughts on the political situation? Like, I, I I, find that aspect of the show is like, yeah, how do you just... Like, we see people's apartments on this show. Like, like we see that one middle management guy where his mom lives on Coruscant. And it's like, yeah, wild. That this is, these are questions that this franchise has been around for decades that we don't ask. Like, where do people live? What do they eat? Like, what music do they listen to? Like, I, I that's... For me, fan- fantasy stuff, thats those are the most fascinating questions of how people just exist in this reality. And so, like, more of that would be... Like, like the, the again, I don't want to spoil anything episode four. Hmm, how do I say this? Uh, Andor is in, inserted into a group of people, and the show spends yeah. a lot of time explaining to you why they're here, how they're being under the radar... What you know what I mean? Like, like I, I, it's like, oh, I, I get a clear picture of who these people are, how they relate to each other, and and how people exist on this random planet that are, it's just not just like a random people live here and this is how they live here on this planet. Cool, thank you, <laughs> love it. Do uh, before we take off, I don't know if we're taking off yet. Uh, uh, Cyril Khan's character. Uh, yeah. How do you guys feel about him, Roxy? I don't know if you have any thoughts on him so far. Who is that? That's the uh, the gung ho, happy go lucky like. Uh, he's the main guy after after Andor in those first three episodes. The one guy he, that's he's really like, we have to find this guy. Yeah, and he's like looking for him, and he's like, "Come on, guys, come on." I don't know who you're talking about. Good <laughs> uh, guy he, or bad guy? He's the bad guy. He's the he's the guy that's all is trying the to get annoying everybody. White after. dude that gave yes. the speech that you were just telling yes. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, when we first saw him, like, I didn't understand. And, um, he, I think he's like doing exactly like the annoying guy. Yeah. 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 He's just like annoying. Again, I love, I, I love that this, this show's main villains are middle management. We get introduced to another character, uh, that appears to be kind of in the same vein where it's just somebody that can't leave well enough alone. Like, listen, nobody wants you to go after this. Nobody wants you to pursue this. Just let it go. And for some reason they can't. And they're the villain. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not some grand evil plot. They just like, no, I've been taught to exist in the system. So I need to do everything I can to defend the system. And it's like, no, man, the system sucks. Let it the fuck go. <laughs> yeah. But you brought it up. What do you, what do you think of the character? Oh, me? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I love the character because of how realistic he is. And I feel like it fits perfectly inside the Star Wars universe. And I think it's great. Kind of like morbid. Mm-hmm. comedic relief if that makes sense yeah uh in a in a very like i don't know in a very like you kind of feel like man this guy's very pathetic yeah kind of way 
but it's also like this is a very interesting idea as far as what the empire does to like normal yeah. people who believe in the ideals of what the empire apparently stands for yeah so i feel like that's kind of what he embodies so well yeah it'll be interesting to see more of that we gotta head out roxy uh remind the kids at home what they should be looking out for from you Everywhere at Roxy Stryer, you can follow me. And uh, if you're in the Boston area, get your tickets tomorrow night the, at the Boston Film Festival. Always Lola is going to be playing, which is really exciting for me. And I'll be there. So come say hi. It's in a festival with Don't Worry Darling, which is fucking cool. I think that's fucking cool. Ace, where can the kids find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Squad Leader Ace and my YouTube channel at First Cut. I'm also on TikTok at First Cut. So Hell I'm doing yeah. House of the Dragon talk on there. So. Hell yes, yeah. Yes, TikTok. We should have you yeah. on the show to talk about that. All right, I'm a DJ Talks Trash. The show is everywhere that matters at Only Stupid Answers except on Twitter. You ain't got the vows from stupid. And we will see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.